welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. Today is March 18th, 2020. I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Today, we are continuing a series of stories as we're told at the Lifeline event on January 31st, 2020 in partnership here locally in Birmingham with Ark Stories. These are real life stories about how real people have been impacted by adoption, foster care, and caring for the vulnerable. Our storyteller today is Patrick Stanford, and Patrick was able to go with our team to visit uh, both Bangalore and Chennai with our unadopted team and to serve holistically with our partners there, Krupa, as well as Isaac. I hope you'll enjoy hearing Patrick's story and how the Lord opened up his eyes and life to the vulnerable around him. But before we hear from Patrick, I want to remind you that we are getting close to summertime, which is our main season for Stand for Orphans. Stand for Orphans is something that is certainly deep, near and dear to my heart, as it was my three children and my sweet wife that started Stand for Orphans some five years ago as an idea to get kids engaged in raising money for orphan and vulnerable children. It actually all started uh, around a dinner table as we were praying for uh, for donations to come to Lifeline. And my sweet youngest daughter, Emily, started praying that the Lord would bring more zeros in the sense that she knew a dollar was good, but that $10 was even better and $100 and $1,000 was even greater. And so she started praying to our great God for zeros. And then the Lord birthed in the heart of my children and my wife an idea to how do we get children to take one dollar for a cup of lemonade and turn it into many zeros to care for orphans around the world. The temperatures are going to start warming soon, and so that means the breezy days of sunshine and lemonade. It's a great opportunity for you, too, to start planning your stand for orphans, where little cups of lemonade make a huge impact around the world. And if lemonade isn't your thing, cookies, crafts, or whatever else you imagine or can dream of that will change the lives of orphan and vulnerable children around the world. So start now. Get your free kit at lifelinechild.org backslash stand. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash stand. Get your stand for orphans kit. Sign up to do a stand and turn your dollars into zeros that'll care for the orphans around the world by showing the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, without further ado, I hope you're excited to hear from Patrick Stanford as he tells of his story about what the Lord did through India and Unadopted. I think I have played cards with some of the world's best card sharks. I say I think because no matter what hand I had, or no matter how hard I even tried to cheat, I couldn't win a single game. The most embarrassing part about this, though, is that these card sharks were eight and nine-year-old little girls from India. (laughs) This summer, I had the awesome opportunity of traveling with Unadopted, and we went to Chennai, India. There, we got to partner uh, with the children's home there called Steps, and say all-girls children's home has about 19 young girls underneath their care. And they're taken care of by a husband and wife duo named Isaac and Tara. And so outside of playing spoons about a thousand times and taking a thousand losses throughout the whole time, uh, it was really awesome because we got to build relationships with Isaac and Tara and not only hear about where their children's home started from and why they even got it going to where it was in in that time 
and where they wanted to see it go in the future. And so to watch that unfold and to hear their story uh, was something really special. And one of the things that I loved that I got to be a part of was watching our girls, our ladies on the trip, each and every night as the girls came home from school, they led in some kind of Bible study, study or, or craft or whatever it may be. And each and every time it was specifically to engage the girls that, hey, you, you're worthy, you're important, and God loves you. Guys, we had a little bit of a special project. We spent most of our days adding on to the current house, okay? I'm a former accountant and a teacher. The only things I'm really good at building are a really cool Excel sheet, okay? <laughs> so to be told to step outside in the hot Indian sun with makeshift tools, bricks, and hand-spun hand mortar, there are times where I drive to this day and I still pray, God, please let those walls be up. <laughs> like, just don't let anyone die become my account and my inability to build, right? But what a, what a special thing to, I've seen pictures and prayerfully one day we'll go back to see the fruits of our labor and, and see how it impacted steps and, and helped them. Um, but really, one of the special moments that we had in our trip was, was on our off day. Uh, we spent, we loaded up in the van, and we just kind of hopped around at different spots in Chennai. Um, there's some great history there. Um, but we ended up in one of our stops at Mother Teresa's children's home. And yes, it is that Mother Teresa that you're thinking about. Um, just, and what you should probably know is that that home is specifically for kids with special needs, whether it be physical or mental, uh, their institution takes in kids that have been orphaned or abandoned with special needs. And so we walk in and we start up the steps and immediately every wall is lined with some kind of picture or some kind of story about this amazing woman and what she's done and what she's been able to do and, and things about the home and and all of these things. And so by the time we arrive and we get close to where all the kids are, it's lunchtime. So you've got caretakers sitting there with kids, kind of feeding them their lunch. And, and we're kind of passing by and just kind of saying, hey, we're waving, trying to get some of the kids to smile. So almost instantly, part of our group's there and part of our group's there. And I end up wandering into a nursery room with a couple other people from our team. And this whole room is just lined with cradles, right, with, with beds, and, and every other one's got kids in it, whether they're asleep or whether because of their disability they just can't go anywhere else. And so some of our team, they're kind of soothing the ones that are sleeping, and some of them are just trying to make the ones that are laying there just smile. Me, uh, walk in, and there's this little girl just kind of sitting off with some caretakers kind of towards the middle of the room and her name was Divya but you see you've probably met Divya in some way shape or form before she's about five years old okay but she's one of those five years old that as soon as people get in around her showtime <laughs> right instantly singing dancing doesn't matter right I see you right there that's it right she just goes and so as soon as she realizes that there are strangers in the room that she hasn't met before, it's go time. Now, to give you a little bit of perspective, Divya, about yay high, 
me, about yay high, right? She picked the biggest person in the room to have a dance party with. I'm pretty self-aware, I'm your clumsy white guy. Not, not for me, right? Okay, but in, anyway, somehow I get roped in with Divya and we're dancing and we're singing. She's getting the caretakers to clap and to sing. And I mean, this is a show, right? We're getting, and so it turns from dancing to me kind of swinging her back and forth and turns from swinging her back and forth. And I think some of you know where I'm going, turns to tossing up and down, right? And the whole time it's just smiles and giggles and laughs. She's laughing, I'm laughing, we're having a ball, right? I don't last very long. I've been building walls, for goodness sake. So I'm pretty tired. So it turns into coming up and down to she kind of backs up to me, reaches up with both arms, and then grabs my hand, grabs my hand, and one foot on my foot, the other foot on my foot, and then it just turns into laps, right? Just walking around the room over and over and over again. And every single time, Giggles, laughs, smiles, it's incredible. Okay, but like I mentioned before, this home is for kids that, you know, some have some kind of physical disability or mental disability, and Divya technically falls into that. She was born without a left hand, okay, so you would look at her and you'd see her wrist bone, and, and that's it, right? Now, you're thinking, okay, right? Nothing nothing out of the ordinary. She's a healthy, happy five-year-old girl, just doesn't have a left hand. Okay, what you have to understand though is that in Indian culture, everything's based off the caste system, right? If I do enough good this life, then when I die and I'm reborn, I'll have a better life. Or vice versa, if I've done a lot of bad things in my previous life, that must be why I'm in the circumstance I'm in. Okay, unfortunately, Divya came from a home where they were not in a great circumstance. One more thing you should know about Indian culture. If you give birth to a child with any kind of disability or looks different or any kind of extra care, it is viewed as some kind of omen or some kind of curse that your family has incurred. So Divya's mother, thinking that she was ridding her family of a curse or that way she'd have a better life, she took her daughter's eyes out. Thankfully, it's the only thing she took from Divya, right? And so it's very easy when you first see her to see well, she doesn't have a hand. Or you can look at her face and you can see she doesn't have eyes, right? But every time I think of Divya, I don't think about the missing hand or the missing eyes. I think about that smile, right? I think about the little girl for about an hour cheese from ear to ear, and all we did was play. And so I think on tonight, you know, what does it mean to be better together? What was the purpose of that trip? I get updates from Facebook from time to time from Isaac and Tara, Tara and I think about how what Unadopted is doing and, and merging and partnering with them makes both better together. I'm excited to see what the future is of that partnership and where their home goes and what kind of kids they will continue to bring in, not only the ones that they have. And then on a personal level, I ask, why, why did I even go on that trip? What was the point? Save the money and go do something else, right? And then I think of that hour with Divya, right? 
Now, I won't claim that anything that we did that day made anything better for her, right? She's the happy, joyous kid. Okay, but because of that hour with Divya, I think I was made better. And so because of that, we became better together. And so part of me, it, it, it kind of kicks myself that she'll probably never know that. She'll never hear that story. She'll never remember me even coming to India. And the other reality sets in, she's not going to ever know my face. That's okay, because I'll never forget hers. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast.